Hey guys, welcome to First Four Outdoors. This is your host, Larry Schaefer. Hope everyone's having a great evening. Let's dive right in. Avery, tell us about this beer race. All right, so I got a message earlier by a guy I went to high school with. Are we, so are we name dropping or are we not name dropping? No, we'll keep him. He knows who he is. Is it me? A message from Anonymous. Oh no. All right, so anyways, me and, me and him have known each other for a long time. And uh, he liked the first episode. And... He uh, was confused on whenever I said I had learned what a sandwich run is, and he was disappointed because it wasn't about food. <laughs> <laughs> and so, uh, anyways, I was like, dude, I'm thinking about doing something stupid. And he's like, what? I said, I want to do a race. Well, I didn't say race. I want to do a run and record it where I run a 12-miler. Every single mile, there's a cold beer waiting on me. Can I read? I have the screenshot. Can I mess? Can I read the message verbatim for you? Sure, that's fine. Bro, when you said sandwich run, I legit thought you were going to say you run, eat, then run again. I was slightly let down when I found out that wasn't what it was at all. You replied, Hey, I don't want to do something, or hey, I do want to do something dumb though. Something along the lines of like a 12 mile mountain run, but shotgun a beer every mile. Overall, what did you think? And then he gives us his, his feedback, and uh, then you challenged him, and you you want to do a race with a buddy. So Yeah, so he's... Um, the ball his, is in his, your court, Anonymous. Yeah, so he currently lives, I think, down in Georgia, but his parents live up here in West Virginia. So um, I'm sure next time he's in, we can get it rolling, and we will document it all for you guys. <laughs> Should be, I, I honestly, I'm probably going to be more nervous for that than any other race I've ever ran. <laughs> I predict, now this is a shotgun, right? It's like just a regular old 16 ounce? It's like as fast as you can drink it. So it's not shotgun, it's just chugging. Whatever you want to do, whatever gets it done, done faster. I, I predict after mile two. It's handing off the baton. Out. Yeah, because that's literally a 12 mile, 12 pack. There, There yeah. is such a thing as a beer mile, though. Well, so yeah, a beer, a beer mile, mile, but... But not a 12-mile 12 12-pack. 12 and you're not allowed to drink water. You're definitely not allowed to drink Wait, water during the did we just did we just develop our own race? We might have. So the course, 12 miles, 2,400 feet of elevation gain. So you're you're <sighs> predetermining the course that you've already ran. Yes, because now I that's biased. He, he's never done it. But he's never done it. <laughs> you just run on flat ground like an Avery Lillard yeah, is why, about Why winning. would you run on flat ground? I don't know, because most races are. I don't know if you know that. No, actually, they're not. <laughs> don't don't I, help him. I don't know if you've ever been to a race. Even no. NASCAR which isn't sounds, a level lot. Which sounds harder? Um, uh, Running. Running a mountain. <laughs> <laughs> no, just, just the running. That's just because your knee is messed up at the moment. We don't talk about that. Oh, we, We're way, talking about it. It'll be a good time, and I'm sure that we might get a shot of somebody puking. Look, all I'm all I'm saying, I'll even I will pull up the stats for you right now. I'm not a runner by any means, but Avery is making me a worse person. Or he says better person, but I beg to differ. I don't like running, but I do it because mm-hmm. I do it. Basically Avery tells me that I'm I'm useless and I listen. <laughs> okay, so my typical 10-mile run. I knocked that bad boy out in about an hour and 29 minutes for a 10-mile. Just 
running like a nine minute mile average pace, nothing crazy. Then I went and did an actual run run in the, uh, in the mountains. Yeah, this was 9.2 miles. It took me two hours and 45 minutes. Granted, I was on the phone with my dad for a good portion. There were some 20-minute miles in there, but a lot of elevation gain. There was 2,047 feet of elevation gain, and that's starting from the bottom of the mountain and up and then back down, so 2,047 feet of elevation loss as well. Uh, that's a significant difference. And then just a decent trail run with 696 feet of elevation differential, hour 40. So running with some elevation definitely, definitely hits differently. And I think it would be good, especially when you put some beers in your system just to test the other guy. Avery's only doing this for fun. The other guy thinks that it's something. (laughs) No, I definitely think it'll hurt. (laughs) Yeah, it'll hurt. It'll hurt. Just we'll the actually, to catch, actually, the part that I, actually, the part that I think is going to be hilarious is when you, you have you have two point six eight miles down the mountain, straight, pretty much just a straight shot. You're already ten beers in. Is this uh, is this the mountain you've been inviting me to? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So you're you're already ten miles in. You're dehydrated. You have ten beers in your system. Oh gosh. And then you have to. I'm sure it'll, I mean, it's a race. So if we're anywhere close to each other, it might get a little interesting. (laughs) (laughs) As in, you're not going to stop running, but you're definitely going to shit yourself. I just think like form is going to get lost. There might be some (laughs) flailing of the arms. (laughs) Involuntary. I might not even be looking at the road. You're going (laughs) to, you're going to be doing the burning coming down the mountain. But dude, I definitely think we need to do it like, uh, End of September, October time frame. Yeah, no, yeah, it's, yeah. it's it's definitely like an early fall setting, mm-hmm. like before hunting season really you know starts. No, if it's fall, it we is... might just do Oktoberfest. Oh my gosh! Well, that escalated. I think quickly. that escalated. I very think quickly. now, hear me out. This is a twelve mile 12 different, pack, right? A different beer every mile. Mm-hmm. Now we're getting somewhere. I think oh, true Oktoberfest local beers. I say we let our viewers pick the beers. I cannot wait to film this while you absolutely destroy your body. I say, I say the the viewers. This is the most the exciting race I've heard you do so far. Actually, I'm pretty pumped. Mister Mister Anonymous you know, doesn't know about this. He's right? bringing a buddy. I don't know if he's you know him on or felt or if he's just running. We took buddy. a ton of notes about what we were going to talk about tonight, but. That doesn't matter. This this has taken premise. This so is this Mr. is the topic. Does of Mr. Tonight. Anonymous know that this is happening? Yeah, absolutely. Actually, he's he's pretty excited. You should call him right now. No, we're good. Oh, so you're not that close? Wow. Well, it's also eleven o'clock at night, and he has twins. Yeah, but it's like if he's in China, it's like ten a.m. Yeah, I heard one time it's five o'clock somewhere, and I, I think that applies here. Yeah, I mean, he's not in China, but if he was, he'd be awake. So, like, why wouldn't he be awake here at 10 p.m.? Yeah, we'll just we'll just make sure that we bring him on before the race. <laughs> <laughs> Gosh, okay. All right, that will end the, we'll call it the run, mm-hmm. run vlog. Yeah. Beer we'll banter. This. Yeah, okay. I am the one. So we just finished that conversation on the race. That's racist. <laughs> Ha, <laughs>
<laughs> I heard something about All right. racist. All right, guys, getting back on track. Let's uh, let's get to the thick of the weeds of uh, the purpose of this podcast. Welcome to First Four Outdoors. I am your host Avery Liller, and I'm here with my other co-founder Tyler Lee. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> Hi. <laughs> and uh, so, guys, we have a lot of things lined up for you. We have a lot of really incredible guests. Um, but first, before we get into any of that, we have to introduce all of us individually. And so the first episode was obviously me talking about myself for an hour. So You're pretty good at it, too. No, nah, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> I made it sound so, good. So uh, Larry is about to do Cool Man shit for three weeks. So we're getting this done last minute to introduce himself and then uh, what he's got lined up for the fall. And uh, right before we get into that, guys, um, so the purpose of this channel is we are a hunting athlete channel. Um, That's what we're focusing on right now. We're going to highlight the importance of mental toughness. We're going to document our hunts, talk about gear, talk about, uh, you know, tribalism in the hunting industry we're going to dissect things that we feel i don't know things that we don't like open up your minds a little bit uh educate inspire motivate and uh through the four of us i think we bring a very unique thing to the table as far as like reloading um, business etc and so yeah so let's talk about you larry Yeah, so I guess with me, uh, I've always been just addicted, obsessed with the outdoors, and uh, absolutely love it. Um, Getting past, you know, joining the military, turning 18, started in the labor force, working uh, warehouse. I was a welder, automation technician. Uh, Always wanted to be something bigger, uh, make a difference. So, you know, talked to my supervisor, figured out how to become a supervisor. Moved up from there, became a... uh, production supervisor moved on to become a distribution supervisor in the mix of all that always trying to pursue something bigger uh met up with some really incredible mentors taught me a lot about business how to how to start a company how to market how to sell um tons of conferences just incredible people that made a huge impact on my life um kind of brought us to this point about what we can take to approach and how to how to teach others and just really have that positive outlook, positive outcome for other success and uh, just all the real, like, the languages of how people associate, I guess. Um, You know, everybody learns differently. Everybody associates differently. And when you really break it down, it's what do you have to offer to each individual? Everybody kind of hits on different key points of how they relate to others. And, uh, I guess that's really where I, I like to focus is how can we help others cool. and uh, teach them what we have to offer. So given with your background, um, how, how do you think that ties into a, a bigger scale of the outdoors? Because there, there's so many different things that, that entails outdoors, and that's, that's gear, that's tactics, that's terrain, that's different styles of hunting, all the way down to wearing boots. Right, absolutely. So um, gear is more Avery's aspect i guess from my my position of it is um i've been out there i've i've done it um not to say that nobody else has but for me from if you approach it from a business aspect what we're trying to accomplish what we're trying to teach others 
your average guy, which is what we are. We're not anything special. We're just a couple guys with some microphones, which makes us cool, I guess. Um, everybody's on a budget. You got to really understand what you're trying to get yourself into. You know, you got to do your research. You can't just decide one day that I want to go here and I want to do this. I mean, you can, but that's how you end up on the news about somebody that got lost in the woods. If you really want to break it down to the nitty gritty, you need to, to take the time and study where you're going, study your, your tag expenses, fuel costs, equipment, communicate with others where you're going, why you're going, what you're trying to accomplish. Um, and then that really breaks into the, the gear portions that will cover what's the best bang for your buck. Or if you want to go Gucci and have all the, the top line stuff, Avery can point you in the right direction. But, <laughs> but uh, for me, you know, yeah, I I like to enjoy myself. I like to travel. I like to go on all the hunts, but on the same hand, I'm not I'm not gonna pay for a guide. I'm not gonna pay for the the top of the line gear. Like I'm just your average guy wearing my real tree clothing. Sometimes I I like to go a little little Gucci. I'll buy my Under Armour, but you know, at the end of the day, I'm buying over the counter tags. I'm traveling. And I'm just going and, and getting it done. I'm doing my research and putting in my time and. It doesn't always work out, but it's about consistency, and that's how you get it done in the end. You know, you could have shortened that up real quick, and you could have just said that you're a boomer in a 26-year-old body. Well, you know, that uh, that goes without saying. I actually went over to uh, a sporting goods shop the other day, <laughs> and the sweet old lady ringing me up, we were talking about credit cards and debit cards and how things have changed, and... I was like, yeah, you know, I'm actually 60 years old. Here's here's cash. <laughs> <laughs> you should have told her you, you keep all your money savings in a sock and you bury it in the backyard. Yeah, but then she would know where I keep all my money. But she doesn't know where your backyard is. Well, now everybody knows where I keep my money. Disregard previous traffic, ladies and gentlemen. Anyways, <laughs> moving forward. All right, Larry. So let's uh let's get with the present. All right. Okay. So I said earlier that you're doing cool man shit for three weeks. Yes. What are you doing before you go do cool man shit um so i'm stopping at uh a neat little outdoors recreation area that we like to call ohio yeah. it's round on both ends and high in the middle which oh, is kind of contrary to the actual state itself yeah for the folks that don't understand the the way of the land of ohio and very broad pictures painted uh so the area that i like to hunt we're talking reclaimed strip mines you think it's going to be flat because of the area that you drive but once you once you really get into the thick of it you just have 60 foot berms all over the place loose gravel uh coal deposits all over the place uh what you got your your drainage ponds where it's just holding water and now it's impassable swampiness uh, a lot of beech nut a lot of oak um just excellent deer habitat, super thick. The deer density up there is actually super high. You wouldn't think it by what you actually see, but, you know, just like any good hunter will, will tell you when, when you're uh, riding around or you're just doing your scouting, for every deer you see, there's 10 that you don't. Um, so how many years is this this coming year? So how many this, will, this be will be my third year. My first attempt in Ohio was actually um, November of... 2020 i went up there with 
zero out of state experience. Uh, just kind of went on a went on a limb. I really wanted to uh, get out there and try something new. Uh, thought I did all my e scouting, and that's been a learning experience. You know, uh, maps weren't exactly up to date. Thought I had a nice open field heading into a clear cut and uh, got up there my first morning and it was a field that hit a brush pile and I couldn't get anywhere and come daylight I was You're not a sitting duck. <laughs> I was not where I wanted to be um but just out of out of not necessarily dumb luck uh it does come down to what I've learned and what I've experienced with my years of hunting. I went out and did a lot of midday scouting, hunted the same area that afternoon, but noticed where there was a heavily traveled game trail with a lot of buck tracks on it, uh, relatively close to the, the public access point where the parking area was, it was then 200 yards and, um, got in there the second day of my hunt. I wasn't even 250 yards from my car. Uh, I hung a tree stand. I was about 18 feet off the ground and just a great about 120, 130 inch class eight point come walking right in. I got a shot at it. Um, you know, we're not here to, to hide anything about what we do or, or what we are. Part of hunting is you don't always get, uh, the game that you're after. I hit him through no man's land, tracked that deer for 600 yards, had, had good blood and, he just he dried up, went into a beech nut thicket, and I was never able to recover that deer. I actually spent three days trying to get him, um, talked with a bunch of the locals. I got phone numbers for dog trackers, called up multiple dog trackers, and they all told me the same thing. They said, yeah, man, from uh, from what we're gathering, that's not a dead deer. He's going to recover. He's going to make it. We're not going to waste our time coming out there and make you spend your money. So I kind of just had to, to live with that, and... Uh, went on for the for the rest of the week i didn't notch my tag and that gave me an opportunity to return um so then i went up there in the same season i returned in january of 2021 and i hunted for a full week and hunted the same area uh was probably about a half mile down the road what are you carrying at this point um so i'm still carrying a bow uh carrying my uh matthews uh halon six just archery hunting and uh this is the third week of third week of january the 20th through the 27th somewhere in that time frame uh hunting an area like i said about a half mile down the road i'd scouted it out earlier and it looked pretty good and lo and behold actually my second day there saw a really nice 10 point um just wasn't in the right position. He got my wind and ended up uh, skirting me and seeing me before I saw him. Uh, two days later, day four, saw a good group of bachelor bucks, uh, eight point, six point, couple, uh, just a spike and a three, something like that. So I knew that was going to be a good area and it was going to pay off for me eventually. So fast forward to this year, um, after my dad just watching all the footage of what I'd seen, what I'd done, and the area, uh, he was super pumped, wanted to, to go up there and try it out. So, uh, I'd been looking for a 350 legend for a long time. Right. Last year, 2021. Yeah. So this is the 2021, uh, season, the season that just passed Mm -hmm. rolling in. Yeah. Um, 
So dad actually found me a 350 legend and I bought it and he got himself a 450 Bushmaster cause Ohio is a shotgun state, but they, uh, recently allowed the straight wall cartridges. So we got everything on paper, talked it out, planned it out, bought our tags, discussed what we were going to do. And we ended up going up, uh, two days early of the shotgun season and doing some scouting took our archery equipment just in case found a lot of good good sign activity uh scrapes rub lines the typical uh same area so we got set up and uh so this was november 2021 and opening day it was like 8 a.m i end up checking just on a whim like oh i'm gonna check my moon guide and it said peak uh mature buck activity is going to be at 8 20 mm-hmm. didn't think anything of it you know i, I paid for the subscription but i just i never know about that stuff you know you got to try something out before it proves itself and sure enough it was eight fifteen, and i just hear the leaves rustling look and there's one of the biggest whitetails i've seen in the woods during a hunt and he came in downwind of me just tried to buy and he stopped at about 50 yards and I just laid it to him, you know, didn't have time to turn on the camera and nothing. I was just absolutely surprised and stunned. And, uh, and I'm getting a great eight point buck. Uh, it was awesome having my dad there. You know, I, I texted him was like big buck down. Don't worry about me. I got this stay in your stand. And he's like, no, screw that. I'm coming over. Like this is a once in a lifetime experience. You know, it was more of a hunt for, for my dad getting out of state and enjoying it. But, uh, it ended up kind of just being our hunt and uh, enjoying that time. We hunted hard all week, you know. Did tons of more scouting, had a couple opportunities, but uh, just nothing came to fruition. But every hunt you learn something, you know. We uh, kind of started trusting the moon phases, learning that, you know, everybody's got their own opinions of it, but I believe it works. We've seen the the facts with, you know, Logan with Zach and mm-hmm. such. Um but just repetitive. They're a repetitive creature. Every season they're going to do the same thing. So that brings me to this season. I'm excited. So I've hunted Ohio in October. I've hunted them in November, December, January. But this year I'm going to try early season. I'm going to try late September, early October. Just get in there in the early season. So this week I'm heading out to Missouri to do some cool guy shit, as you yep. called it. Um, so on my travel out there, I'm actually going to stop in the area. I have four trail cameras with me in the car, and I'm going to drop them off, try and get some early season intel. I'm going to be out there for three weeks on my way back. Are you putting it in the same spot? Yeah, yeah. Um, so there's about a, I'd say, three-mile radius that I've scouted out and kind of have a good idea of where the deer travel regularly obviously if i get out there and the signs are pointing me in different directions i'll follow them but the plan is is to get on those heavy game trails their typical areas their patterns uh some historical rubs um for those of you that are listening that don't know what historical rub is that's rubs that you can tell have been used year after year you know you got your trees that they're scarred up the deer have been just using them year after year after year it's not just a a one and done type deal uh they're usually along your game trails they're between their bedding areas and feeding and just get some cameras set up in there and see what we got going on and hopefully i can make it happen 
in the early season, like I said, I'm going to try and swing in there the, the last week of September, first week of October, and see if I can't get it done this year. I'm really excited to see what Ohio has to offer. Hell yeah, dude. Dude, I'm excited for you. Hopefully, hopefully I'm excited I for can, me. Hopefully I can get out there at least a weekend with you. Yeah, no, that, that, would, uh, that would definitely be awesome. I mean, from where we're located – it's it's a three four hour drive, so I yeah. mean it's it's not a huge huge commitment to drive up there Friday night and enjoy a weekend hunt, you know, with with your saddle hunting style and my my climbers, you know, we can get about anywhere we want within within that radius. It's fairly easy access for anyone that's ever hunted public land. Every trail just leads to another trail. There's no reason to actually go off the path except to hang your set. You don't have to to traverse and i've learned that over the years um that's one big thing that's came to me too about traveling across states i always think that you got a bushwhack through the mountain but you always find that if it's a wma or it's national forest it's public land there's trails there's roads there's something that's going to connect to something just stay on the trail if you find good sign yeah you can you can go off but you don't have to go five miles to try and find the next best thing there's a trail that gets you there now <laughs> now taking into consideration that you've been out there the last two years is there anything different that you plan on tackling this season with like any type of tactic gear that you thought might have been is there is there any type of tactic that you might not use back here but you're going to use out there um, well, I would say the biggest thing is I've been using a steel frame tree stand. <laughs> boomer. Yeah, very boomer. Those things are heavy. Mm-hmm. Um, the aluminum More stand. More of a man than I. I try, I try. You know, we can't all train like you, but we can all try. <laughs> um, yeah, definitely, uh, aluminum frame stand, you know, uh, climbing stand. It's a lot bigger, bulkier, heavier, uh. I'll post some pictures to to go along when this drops, just so folks can see kind of what I'm rocking. But um, there's definitely unnecessary equipment that's taken along. You learn something and take a little bit away from every hunt. Um, one thing I will say that I've done differently uh, that was to my benefit last year going in with the pre-scouting, I was able to get my tree stand in the tree, was able to get my uh, my camera arm, up in the tree and have my set ready the day before season actually started for me. And, uh, that was good. So I didn't have to go in opening day with the tree stand and put it on the tree and get up there and attach the tree arm. I've done that plenty of times. And I'll tell you what, you got to get in there an hour <laughs> for me. Anyway, I'm kind of slow. Uh, it's the boomer. I'll tell you what though. So just, uh, just, uh, bring back to a different story where me and you hunted together. Yeah. A climber though is, you might not be able to climb any tree out there, but man, you're fast. Yeah. yeah I, I remember I, I texted I remember. you when we were hunting Maryland <laughs> and, uh, I was like literally probably two or three sticks in, not even close to getting fully set up. And you're like, I'm ready. I'm like, what? Yeah, no, definitely. I mean, putting, putting those sticks on and getting it sure footed, uh, you know, it all comes down to your equipment and we'll get into those breakdowns with later videos and chats. But, uh, a climbing tree stand, there's there's pros and cons to every year you get, you know, it's bulky, it's heavy, it's just inconvenient to carry through the woods. But once you get there, 
it's amazing tree that you actually can climb. Yeah, finding the right tree, um, going in in the dark, yeah. <laughs> finding the right tree can be difficult. Uh, that's even going back to my first Ohio hunt. The tree that I chose, it just had really loose bark and thought I was going to have a great time climbing it. And that was not the case. Um, it was a struggle. I was fighting the bark every time cause the, the cables were getting caught underneath of it, mm-hmm. making tons of ruckus. And that first morning I didn't see anything. I thought Ohio was a bust. So definitely do your research and understand your equipment before you, before you go out there, it's going to save you a lot of time, a lot of frustration. Um, but yeah, I, I would definitely say that the climber compared to the, the saddle life, there's, there's a big comparison when it comes to knowing your environment and setup time. If you have the, the early setup where you can go out there the night before and get it done, it's awesome. But going in the, the day of, I would definitely take my climber every time. That's uh, just the boomer portion of me. <laughs> or you know the old uh the old pre-built tree stand that grandpa i'll tell you what made. though if you know where you're going in and there's like telephone straight trees which they're the place that we went in maryland uh climber wins climber oh, yeah. wins that oh uh, yeah every day that hunting spot all day long well you know it comes it comes down to your scouting going in blind compared to going into what you know it makes a huge difference mm-hmm. so get your scouting done now uh pivoting a little bit um i've seen you taking a little bit of an interest in uh longer distance running i have you know um i think it kind of comes down to to yeah look at you talking about your running you're a disgusting individual you know that no i gotta say everything i mean no what so i've known you for a long time Mm -hmm. larry um you really haven't uh had much of an interest in it the whole entire time i've known you well What's different, like just as of late? Um, Cameron Haynes. <laughs> uh, no, seriously, be, being honest with it, um, you know, we, we spent some time down at Fort Bragg, mm-hmm. and we went on some runs, and um, I've kind of always just had some different ambitions and things that I want to achieve, and I set goals. And when when you set a goal for yourself and you don't achieve it, even if it's a short timeline, it's disappointing. So you got to think what you want to what you want to do more of what you want to do to achieve that. So for me, it was my five mile run. I want to get. Not saying that you know. I want to go the special forces route, which has always been, a cool thought, but, I want to at least meet that standard to know that I can accomplish that. That's just kind of a goal. Running that five miles and knowing that I I couldn't do it, it it's kind of like a. Uh, Oh, you're not good enough. You need to you need to try harder. So how how do you get better at running five miles? You run more. You run ten miles. <laughs> so that was kind of the mentality after we got back. Um you know, it was around the time Cameron Haynes dropped his book mm-hmm. Endure and listened to it and then, you know, you started pointing me on to some other books and those are just kind of become my friends in a sense, you know, I go for a drive for work and, oh, there's no phone service. I can't listen to music. I guess I'll listen to the audio book that I downloaded. 
So I spend a lot of time with him and he talks to me and tells me that I need to work harder because nobody cares. So that's what I do. I get home and I work harder. Um, been going out on a lot of 10 mile runs here lately and just pushing myself. And then of course I went with you on the 40 mile race of yours and, uh, was there as just kind of a helper and, you know, we got up there the first night and we were just carrying stuff to the room and I'm like, oh, wow, the air is thin up here. This is different. And I uh, really felt that. And then we went and ran the last four miles of the course. And, you know, of course, seeing the families there, seeing the crowd, everybody cheering you on, everything, that was cool. But I'm looking at your times and, you know, I'm not a runner. I I don't go on these races. I don't understand it. So... I'm breaking down the times in my, in my head. And, you know, like a lot of people, a lot of people do maybe haters or maybe people that are just observant, whatever. They're like, well, that's not a very fast time. If you figure it out between your, your mile and your time, like you might as well just be walking it. So then I actually was like, you know what? I'm running on a flat trail. I need to try this for myself. So I go and decide to, to run a mountain and it's, uh, it's four and a half miles out, four and a half miles back. And, uh, it has like 2,100, 2,200 feet of elevation gain. I didn't even like tell you I was going to do it. I just went and, and uh-huh. did it and sent yeah. it, sent it while I was in the progress. I finally got phone service and I was like, I get it now. It sent you pictures of the terrain I was running on, the technicalities, all the rocks, all the tree roots and the water laying on the trail and just all the stupid crap. I'm like, oh, wow, this hurts. It takes a lot of time. And, uh, yeah, it, it's funny. Anything that you, you listen to or read or watch, you take different things from it wherever you're at in your life. And I kind of always just just viewed the, like, yeah, you're trying to get stronger, but, like, why worry about hurting? Like, that's when you're supposed to stop. And then understanding, like, no, once it starts hurting, that's where that's where the actual training that's when you actually start training that's where the progress is and like i used to just run the two miles and that was it like two miles and done that's all i needed to do that's all i needed to train that's what i needed to pass to to progress and now it's like well the first two miles really hurts but after after you get past that that's when it stops it just goes numb and that's when you really start Start, start enjoying yourself, just looking around at the scenery. Like it's not even like you're, you're out on a run. You're just out on, on a nature watching adventure. And, uh, you know, the, the elevation, the miles, the, the dehydration, which (laughs) I should have took more water, (laughs) but none of that matters because you're just out doing, doing the thing you set out to do. You're proving a point. And, uh, you know, that was another thing that helped me understand it. It wasn't about, um, oh, you've covered so many miles or, oh, you've gained this much elevation. It's when you reach the, you reach the top and you're running in a pair of tennis shoes with shorts and a, and a tank top and a bottle of water in your hand. And there's like 10 hikers standing up there, absolutely dying with that look on their face. Like, like this guy's running. Wait, why are you running? <laughs> Yeah, it's like, yep, I just proved a point to them that they're not trying hard enough. And that that's pretty rewarding at the end of the day when you get back to your, 
your vehicle and you know that you just accomplished something that took them from daylight to dark to accomplish and you just did it in two hours do you have any uh races planned i've been kicking around a few i'm not sure exactly uh which one i want to solidify on yet but there's a couple 50ks that have caught my eye and uh i haven't actually officially been on a race i haven't even done a 5k or a 10k Uh but i'm already running 10 miles just for the heck of it Uh trying to knock out 75 to 100 miles a month so based on that training style and what i've discussed with you with with where i'm at i think a 50k is a good start point oh yeah dude you'll you'll enjoy it yeah you'll be hooked so and in essence i i hate running and i hate avery liller and i hate cameron haynes (laughs) but i respect it and it's definitely pushed me to do more so thank you tyler tyler look i uh tyler may or may not have torn his acl in a boomer related incident i wouldn't call it boomer more so than he was most, wearing his new balances <laughs> the most uncool and mowing his way. lawn his shirt was tucked in <laughs> The shirt was tucked. The laces were tucked. You don't understand. He had white crew socks. I'm more aerodynamic for fighting, okay? There was a waterway. There was something. There there was so what, something. So tell us what happened. Just, yeah, go, ahead I, and, just go ahead and Honestly, we, we need to so, dive into this because people are going to have questions. Let's I just mean, get it out of the way. Um, so I was, I was home alone. Uh, my son was at the daycare. My wife was out of state doing... Not to be confused with the actual home alone because the people that got hurt were losers. I guess that's me then. <laughs> <laughs> but we can cut that yeah, out. My, my wife was, was out of state doing uh, some hot girl shit. I'm like, cool guy shit, but some hot girl shit. And uh, I was, you know, cutting the grass as every, every prideful man who owns land does. And uh, I forgot gravity was a thing. <laughs> and... I found out. I found out hard. And six feet later, I'm trying to crawl out of a creek bed <laughs> with a weed eater on top of me. So what I know. So know. you actually you fell off the bank. See, yeah, I, I don't know this part of the story. I so thought I was, you just like kind of hyperextended. It's something. Um, I was I was weed eating my my creek side, and I got some old logs that run on the edge of it, so I know not to cut past it. But where we had rain there like three or four days consecutively a couple of weeks ago, uh, I guess it washed some of that sediment down because it moved those logs. So when I took a step, there wasn't anything to step on, so I just went straight down. So you you had initially established logs for erosion control mm-hmm. and for a, I guess, an end point so you know not yeah, to Yeah, so past. future me wouldn't, wouldn't do what happened. And, <laughs> you know, Murphy's Law is... So Murphy you doesn't went, like Tyler. You went past... The point of no return. I did. You stepped on the erosion control, yeah. and you ended up at the bottom of. I think. Of, I think what was more more humiliating was, I I had no help. I didn't know who to call because there was no one to call. And okay, uh, my son was at the daycare, and I was like, "Yo, I don't know what to do right now." And I couldn't just get up and walk to the car to get in the car to go to the hospital because the the right leg, which is what I hurt, is the gas and brake leg. So. Uh, fortunately we got a newer vehicle because the one previously was a standard 
And I couldn't imagine trying to shift, <laughs> like trying to oh get to the hall. Yeah, I would get into that a car wreck. Like I'd get into happen. a car wreck, like not even getting out of the driveway. <laughs> but yeah, um, a lot of stalling. Yeah, more point of the story. Tyler, Tyler hurt himself, and uh, can't, so you're out of the fight. Can't can't do any cool things. All right, so uh, so Tyler, what do you what do you bring to the company? Um, so as of right now, we are a hunting we're trying to find the hunter athlete niche right and we have big dreams and aspirations for the moment you have vast expertise experience in reloading um statistics on ballistics speed um energy transfer kinetic energy and then we can have discussions on Theoretical versus real world. Uh, but at the end of the day, hunting is a skill. It's a perishable skill. Just like shooting your firearms at the range, just like land nav, just like your physical fitness, just like homesteading. But at the end of the day, like what this company is going to be, it's going to be everything that encompasses preparedness in a world where preparedness literally could not mean more than what it means right now. Your mental toughness could not mean more than what it means right now. Standing up for what you believe in could not mean more than what it means right now. So uh, stay tuned. Um, Tyler, obviously, he's been doing, he's been running the social media page. He runs pretty much everything on the back end of what you've been seeing. He's been doing all the posts. And um, I tell you what, as soon as we start expanding and branching out into more things that encompass what makes a more resilient human you're definitely going to be seeing a lot more of what tyler lee has to offer that's me (laughs) all right everyone i hope you enjoyed tonight's episode we appreciate you tuning in we appreciate you listening hopefully you learned a little bit about us and what we have to offer thanks for tuning in and as always we appreciate your feedback have a great evening yeah hey side note if uh if you're a listener and you're a, a veteran owned company we would very much like to do business with you so shoot us a dm and maybe we'll some stuff out